One billion years in the future, Earth still exists, though maybe not as we imagine it. Eras upon bygone eras worth of technology have been left behind by eight previous and fallen civilizations. It is now up to the denizens of the Ninth World to piece together what was left behind. Perhaps they're looking to carve out their place in the world, or simply to survive a land riddled with weird and unearthly dangers. Or perhaps still, they just wish to learn and uncover the secrets of the Numenera. Whatever it is this new era of adventurers and heroes is looking to discover, they'll have to dig through the imprinted echoes of the past to find it. Hello, and welcome to Imprinted Echoes, a family-friendly Numenera actual play podcast. My name is Zan, and I'm your GM. Thank you for joining us today, and as always, we hope you're staying safe and healthy. Now that they're fully in the tumult, the group will need to figure out how to exist as sound and sound alone, which is not an easy task when you're used to having a physical body. Harmonious substances are consumed, dissonance is dispersed, and melodies are followed. Join us as Nehemiah, Smallrin, and Jory continue to follow the imprinted echoes of the tumult. You head into the Resonant Island, and it's kind of overwhelming at first. It's really hard to latch on to one sound or another. It's massively overstimulating. Mm-hmm. A few deep breaths, a few rests, if you will, and you're able to start parsing everything out. This seems to be kind of as ourselves said, an outpost. There are structures here, seems like places that people stay Sounds stay. (laughs) Sounds that intermingle, but it's not particularly large. Really concentrating in, you can hear maybe 50 to 60 separate sounds. There's a small market-like area. It's not very robust. It seems to be more for traveling sounds. Mm -hmm. Road snacks. Road snacks. Road tunes. (laughs) Get that cool playlist for the road. And conversation more than anything else. The rest of this seems to be literally just a waypoint, probably for other sound hunters similar to our cell or those that go exploring for other purposes. You approach, and it's not like there are any voices calling out wares or anything. It's much more a series of steady sounds that just have their wares for sale out to here. Mm-hmm. What are some of the wares that we can experience? I mean, obviously there's things that could be representative of sustenance. Mm -hmm. Anything else? Really what it is, is sounds that, to you at least, feel perhaps nutritious, Mm -hmm. protective, Mm -hmm. defensive, maybe even just fun. There's only a handful of those, though. Most of the things you find here seem to be utilitarian. Huh. There's even some that seem to hold information. Ooh, does anybody else hear that? <laughs> hmm. I would like to buy some information. You head up to a stall that has sounds that are almost like binary or Morse code. It's just kind of dots and dashes, beeps and tones. Mm-hmm. And the person behind the stall says, Well, hello there. Hello. I'm Hezia. 
And I don't think I've seen you here before. I'm Jory, and I haven't seen you either. <laughs> seen her. I'm so bad at this. It's it's like we're working in a different sense or something. Dimension. I, yeah. no, I didn't I didn't mean that. I actually would have said I haven't heard you either. I know, I know, okay. I know. This that's Zan going, shoot. <laughs> I keep forgetting. It would be really snarky of me. <laughs> no, no, I understood. I haven't heard you here before. I haven't heard you either. I'm interested in this, and I will gesture mm-hmm. melodically toward some kind of information thing. Ah, is there anything specific you're looking for? Oh, boy. Well, it all looks good, doesn't it? I would lean over. A map would be just fantastic if we can get one. Yes, yes, a map. A map? What an interesting thought. I might be able to help you. Give me a moment. Sure. And her sound fades for a moment. It doesn't go away, and it's not like she walked away. It just kind of, like, dampens. Mm -hmm. Like she's considering. Yes. And you hear one of the informational sounds move and alter and shift a little bit. Mm -hmm. And now, instead of beeping tones, you hear a lullaby from a music box. It's not perfect. But it gives you the main outposts of where we are here, as well as Symphony, and a few places you should probably avoid. Ah, that's good to know. I'll take it. How would you like to pay? I do have exotic sounds I could provide. Let's see if they're worth what I've just given you. Ah, okay. Let me check my reserves and see what I have. (laughs) I hesitate to say pockets. Um, Oh, here's one. I will tap out something akin to the cup game rhythmically and uh, a sing little tune with it. Is it the pitch perfect song? I mean, basically, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe just a verse because I can't remember all of it and, you know. I'm not going to make you sing. No, I know, I know. Somehow that song has persisted into the ninth world. Surprise! It's that and It's My Life by Bon Jovi. (laughs) We're not getting rid of that one. She listens and considers this. That is very good. I would gladly accept that for the unaltered information I had here first. But for the map, as you say, I might need a little something more. And she looks over to Small Ren and Nehemiah. Anything that you two can offer? I I think I might have something. And Small Ren is going to do her best impression, um, but basically she wants to imitate Farhura's snails. Oh yeah, the surus. Mm. The surus, the singing snails. Awesome. You do your best to imitate that kind of like high-pitched whistle, but also hum. Got a lot of overtones and undertones to it. Hmm. For something that complex, I'm going to have you make a roll. Intellect too. All right. I'm actually just going to go ahead and spend because I think we need this for a point of effort. So that'll take it down to a one. Three or better is what you have to roll. A failure with a two. Mm. <laughs> Oof. Ouch. Mm. You try to imitate the Suru and it just comes across as a screeching, shrill mess. Yeah. And you feel Hesia recoil at it. Oh, oh, I may be a score turn, but that did not sound good. I don't know that I can accept that. Do you have anything? I think I got something. Um, what kind of sounds you like? 
I like sounds with stories. Can you provide a sound with a story? Oh, I got a great one. <laughs> and Nehemiah emits the sound of thunderous applause. You see, we're not from here, as you can certainly tell. We're from a physical world. And in this physical world, once upon a time, I was a crackerjack entertainer. You don't say. This is the sound of my first night on stage. I was good. I can tell. Yes, I think this will do nicely. You also hear her pause mm. for a moment. Her sound just stops momentarily. Mm-hmm. And a couple seconds later, it picks back up. Yes, thank you. The map is yours. Thank you. Feel free to come back and visit any time. Certainly. Um, before we go, a wayfarer's question, if you will. Yes? What is a graveyard here? Mm. We've heard the term mentioned, but for some reason I have a feeling it means something different here. Graveyards are, how should you say, dead zones? Mm-hmm. They're white noise. They poke through in different areas and seem to smother or absorb most of the sound around them. Okay. However, not I, but some of the more experienced hunters and explorers around here say that if you are able to withstand being inside of a graveyard area, if you punch through the barrier of static, you'll learn things. Things? All sorts of things. Every graveyard point is something different, they say. Different bits of information, it seems. A lot of what you see here have been pulled from graveyards. I'm not brave enough to go out. I just deal in them. I promise you're probably the sensible one. Mm, I'd like to think so. (laughs) Thank you very much. Of course. And I hope the map does you well. Here's hoping. I hope to hear you again soon. Hear you around. (laughs) You have a map, or at least a sonic version of a map, in the form of a music box-style tune. Listening to it, you can indeed see where the main melody of this song is located. seems to be symphony. Mm -hmm. There are a handful of other, more of these resonant islands that make up some of the more underlying parts of the song, spread a little farther out, the one where you are being one of them. And there's a couple other areas that you only hear in the silences in between tones. You only hear it as maybe the song resets, or maybe there's a rest in between two parts of a particular harmony. Those points you believe to be graveyards. Mm Mm-hmm. Are the graveyards named in any meaningful way that we can discern from the song? Some of them are marked. You think probably by the vendor that sold you this. Mm -hmm. She did mention she dealt in information that was often found in the echoes of graveyards. You think these are ones that have already been depleted or looted or collected. Mm -hmm. But they don't seem to have names, at least not on this map. Mm -hmm. Well, that's not nothing. We can figure out where they are. I don't want to have to go hunting through these things piece by piece. Especially not in my state. I feel burnt out, but what do we think? We want to stick around here for a while longer, see if we can get our feet up, or do we want to head out towards Symphony? 
Oh dear. I don't know how much more prepped we can be for things. It's always going to be odd. Mm. Probably should grab some snacks and head mm. out then. Sure. A little sustenance can't hurt. You start looking through the other vendors and stalls that are here. What sounds appealing to you? <laughs> you can find just about anything that you would like. Hmm. Not extensively so. It's like going to a gas station convenience store. You can find just about any kind of snack yeah. you're looking for. Anything that would suit your taste. It's sweet, salty. raisins. Right. <laughs> anything that would be palatable, you can find there. So what sounds appealing to each of you? Mm. What do you think would mesh well with your own personal sound? Baseline. Good. You hear a nice, almost funk mm-hmm. baseline being laid mm-hmm. down. And there is a sound who has an array of these different slappy, bassy tones. And you pick one out. And in terms of payment, you just kind of exchange a little bit of your own sound. Mm-hmm. This person seems to be interested in adding to their collection of sounds mm-hmm. in that way. So you find some of this slappy bass to go along with your own. And it doesn't add into it permanently. Right. It's not like it becomes a permanent part of your own sonic existence. It's like food. It's a temporary buff. It is. It very much is. I would like to look for a synth hook, because I'm in the mood for something sour. (laughs) (laughs) The synesthesia is strong with this one. Yeah. Colin's going to love this. (laughs) You look around until you find that almost addictive synth wave hook. The kind where, you know, you open up a box of Sour Patch Kids and you just can't stop eating them even though it hurts your tongue. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's what this is. Every interaction with Sour Patch Kids. Uh, exactly. I'm going to be so wired. <laughs> and there's kind of a twitchy looking vendor selling these here. And it points out a couple and eventually between the two of you, you find one that you like. As soon as you like really take it in, you wince almost and there is kind of like the whistle of your own voice kind of just like shoots up two or three octaves for a second <laughs> and then eventually it settles back down as you get used to the sour tone of the synth hook. I think Smallrin goes looking, since she sounds something like thunder, she goes looking for something that sounds a little more like wind chimes. Hmm. She's in the mood for maybe like a, a sparkling beverage sort of thing. Yeah. So you go and find a number of chime sounds. Are you looking for something on the lower register or higher? Something somewhere in the middle, but like with the wind chime quality to Mm -hmm. it, where it's like there's a definite limited number of notes there, but like kind of complete randomness in how and when they're sounding. Absolutely. This is actually of the other to the easier of the things to find. The fact that it's a little more random and chaotic seems to really play into the mood that the intelligent sounds here are drawn towards. So you're able to find wind chime sounds pretty easily. There's an incredibly vast array of them in the same way that there is a billion different kinds of sparkling water out there now. Yep. (laughs) And you pick one that's just quite your taste. And it is effervescent, and it chimes randomly, and it blends very nicely with your thunderous voice. You should invent your own instead of, like, Lacroix, <laughs> it's Legam. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> Go 
home. <laughs> I'm home. <laughs> it's all around me. My bed's two feet away. <sighs> oh, I like this game. <laughs> As you all take in the nutritious sound that you've all found, you also realize that to an extent, you can also sustain each other. It's not satisfying, necessarily, but to an extent, as long as there are other sounds around you, you feel satisfied. Hmm. You get the sense that these beings seek out specific nutritional sound, either for pleasure, because it sounds good and feels good with their own personal voice, or because they're looking for something specific to add in. Hmm. You have your road snacks? Do you head out to Symphony? Seems to be the only thing to do. You could also go to a graveyard if you'd like. Could also go to a graveyard, but what are the odds we're going to find the right one first go through? Well, we could, if there's one close, closer than Symphony, or on the way, we could kind of swing near it, just to kind of maybe get an idea of what it is. Not opposed to that. There is a graveyard pretty close by. It's not in the direct line, but if you make kind of more of a sweeping path... Mm-hmm. than a direct one. You could stop by one of these graveyards and check it out, at least. That might not be a bad idea. Yeah, let's check it out. You start making your way there. It's harder to find these. You have the map, so you generally have an idea of what you're listening for, essentially. Like, what it lies between. What parts of a song it might be positioned around. But the graveyard itself is white noise. It's dead zones. So it's a little bit harder to try and go straight for it. The way that you've learned, you can kind of go straight for the sound of a being or an outpost. I'm going to have everyone or someone, whoever wishes to, um, I'm actually going to make this a speed check, level three. Success with a nine for me. All right. Success with a 13 for me. Success with a 17 for me. Plus one damage. Yeah. You always point that out. Take that sound maze. Nehemiah gets it first because he had already kind of timed it out with Arcel, figuring out when to speak and when to listen and to figure out the rhythm of another sound. But it doesn't take long for Smallren and Jory to follow suit that in literally listening to the silences in between these notes, it becomes easier to navigate around to this graveyard. As you get a little bit closer, all three of you start to hear a slithering whine. Something that is just like keening in a very high pitch, but almost as though it is moving back and forth. And what you hear coming towards you is something that sounds like a snake, an eel, a Something moving, something long and thin moving through sound space. And this high-pitched whining squeal becomes louder and louder as it quickly is making its way towards you. And I'm going to have everybody roll initiative. Oh, no. Oh, I don't like this at all. I have rolled a 20. Ooh, you have. Your luck is way different today than normal. I know. (laughs) Oh, I did it. I made it all fail. You did the thing. It's okay. It's probably fine. It's probably fine. It's okay. You all actually, with a 20, 12, and 11, all end up going before the dissonance eels. Oh, okay. Do you hate that? You hear this eel 
eels, you think there's more than one screeching towards you. Uh-huh. And in a split second, you realize you have no way of physically fighting or defending yourself. There has to be another way. Smallrin is going to emit the sound of her sonic blade. Mm. Good. I will let you use your sonic blade. It's not used in the same way that you would physically stab with it, but you are utilizing that sound, and I'm going to call it destructive interference. Okay. It's a difficult method, but it's deadly. What you're going to do is make a speed attack. Okay. It's going to be a level four, because there is a swarm of four of these eels. Oh, lovely. Goody. Nope, failure with a five. You try to emit the sound from your sonic blade, but it's clunky. You attempt to try and make that same slicing, piercing wail that you know it gives off, and it just doesn't come out right. It comes out as more of a guttural scream, trying to mix it in with your own thunder, and you miss. Nehemiah will try to use his thunder vocalizer. Absolutely. For that, because it extends the volume mm-hmm. of you, your voice, I'm going to call this overpowering volume. You're going to make a might attack, a level four against these eels. Excellent. I will go ahead and spend three to get a point of effort and trained or untrained. For this interaction, I'm going to say untrained. Okay. Because you have never... Never done it like this. Right. After this, I would consider it trained again. Excellent. Uh, 15 success. Absolutely. You scream out and you just hit like a metal cord, Mm -hmm. essentially. And it just shakes these eels and overpowers their screeching whine as they're careening towards you and deal four damage. Nice. Do you want to try and focus it on one part or hit all of them? Ah. It's the difference between destroying two of them or bringing all of them down a notch. Um, I would probably focus then. Okay. That focused power cord Mm -hmm. just essentially overpowers these two eels so much to the point that their sound dissipates (laughs) and they are no longer Jory. Well, I would like to vibrate my staff into existence or something along that line. Absolutely. Because it is transdimensional. Yes, it is. (laughs) I would say that this is probably also destructive interference. Okay. Whatever level of sound they're on, if they're traveling on something to move, I would like to basically rear my staff back and whack it like Captain America's shield so that they vibrate. I don't know if I'm making any sense. Yes, yes, yes. Okay. You you are trying to hit its resonance, resonant frequency yes. to the point that it's destroyed. Yeah, basically. Like a wine glass in front of a pure tone. Mm-hmm. You want it to shatter. Mm-hmm. Exactly like that. Go ahead and make a speed attack. Level four. Oh! Success with a natural 20 plus four damage or a major effect. Which would you like? This time, the damage does actually apply. You know what? I'm going to do damage, because as much as I like the RP of other things happening, when when do we get a damage? I'm going to damage. Well, wham. Absolutely. You bring the sound of your staff down, this vibrating, humming sound, mm-hmm. down towards these dissonance eels, and you can almost see, like, a buckle in a sound wave, like 
almost when you, if you take a rope on the ground and flip it, and you can see that wave travel along the length of the rope, almost like that, just travel along towards the eels and flip them up, and they shatter out of existence. With that much damage, all four of them now are gone. Yeah. You know what? I think I like it here because I can do that to things that scare me and I'm a millionaire. <laughs> yeah, but I miss having a body. Well, when you put it that way. Like, I mean, this is like neat and also, you know what else I miss? Seeing stuff. I'm just realizing that after a life spent focusing on making as little sound as possible, I'm not well equipped to survive here. Now that's not true, because that could be a terribly good advantage for you. At that thought, Smallrin, you try to make no sound. And you find that you can, but it's the equivalent of holding your breath. You can only do it for so long before it becomes a burning sensation across your entire being and you have to let the sound back out. You feel you might be able to hold it for a decent amount of time, even past that discomfort, but it would probably start hurting. Well, that's something to think about. You're right. There you are. (laughs) (laughs) And that's literally what happens as Smolrin stops making sound. She disappears from your hearing and then reappears when that breath is let out, essentially. It is possible to be silent, but it isn't very pleasant and it's difficult to hold for long. Hmm. Still, it's good to know. I can avoid being seen if I wish. Disappear entirely. A rare gift. (laughs) This is a time where I wish you all could see Bridget's face because that was one of the most mischievous glances I've ever seen. Yup. I don't like the sound of that. You hear the light, static hum of what you think is a graveyard nearby. Off in the distance, you do hear another screaming, screeching whine of maybe another one of those eels, but it doesn't seem to be coming towards you. Hmm. You get the sense that maybe they stick around the graveyards. Hmm. Nehemiah is going to go right up to the edge of that sound barrier. Is it just like a wall of like white noise then that I'm hitting? Yeah. So I don't know if any of you have ever actually experienced a dead zone before. In reality, mm-hmm. what it is is when two sound waves hit each other dead on, they cancel each other out. Interesting. I've experienced it once in a theater where the sound designer was trying to adjust the speakers mm-hmm. and found a place in the center where everything reverberated and bounced just in the right way that there was a dead zone. When you stepped into it, mm-hmm. it was almost as though you were like in like a sound dampened chamber. You could still barely hear what was going on outside, but you know, two steps to the left or the right, and it was blaring. Whoa. It's essentially what you have here. As you get closer, things just kind of drop off. You start to hear less of the sounds around you, and there eventually is a bit of a barrier. Like you start to push through a little bit, and you get the sense that it is. A little more silent than you'd like to go into without bracing yourself. Uh You think that it's possible to do so. It's not hard. It's very uncomfortable. Hmm. All right. Well, here we are. We want to try pushing through and seeing what's inside. Might be a decent trade if we can make it work. Is this one of the ones I've gotten the impression has been cleaned out? There's something there. We want to try and push on through. Honestly, we should be exploring as much as we possibly can. 
everywhere we go here, we have no reason not to think what we're looking for could be inside the graveyard. Mm-hmm. Jory, thoughts? I'm up for it. I just was thinking, what if this was all a big trap? How so? Like The people who got stuck here obviously got stuck here somehow. And mm-hmm. it seems to me that it could have been the exact same way. Being told about the mysterious graveyards, one person's reluctant to talk, one person points us right to it. Well, no, I meant uh, more as the whole journey itself, finding this place and not being able to leave and then adding to the din of calls out to nothing and then somebody else follows all the clue. I don't know. Oh Maybe my I'm- God, is this curse of Strahd? <laughs> this is not Sonic Strahd. <laughs> <laughs> Sonic Strahd. Nah, Strahd is not nearly blue and spiky enough to be Sonic Strahd. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no. No. Oh, man. I don't, I just. Yeah, those, I, those Sonic Adventure games had good music, if you like butt rock. They did. Yeah. I like butt rock sometimes. I'm not afraid to admit it. I'm sorry, butt rock? Yeah. It's a thing. <laughs> it's a thing. I will look it up later. Yep. Anyways. Yeah, um, sorry. Maybe it's the graveyard feel, but I just became pessimistic. You're not wrong to think that it could be a trap, but I don't know that avoiding it is going to do us any better. No, no, no. I'm not not the graveyard. I mean, just being here at all. But yeah, I mean... Maybe. Oh, definitely. On the optimistic side, if we're already here and we get stuck, there's really nothing... I mean, it's too late. We're in. So let's uh, figure out next step. So really, mm-hmm. that was a segue off into nothing. And here I am. I'm back. Yes, let's go. Welcome home. Poke <laughs> around. All right. I got a bad idea I want to try first, though, as we walk on in. <laughs> yeah. Um, I activate the vocalizer. I want to yell at the silence and try and clear up <laughs> okay. the dead zone. At least, like, maybe, like, punch up path of sound through so that we could get inside. I want to yell at the silence. <laughs> Go ahead and make a might attack, yeah. Excellent. Uh, it's going to be level five. Level five. Mm. All right, let's give it a go. I'm running low on all of my pools, so I will not be spending for effort. Failure with a three. You might need to make some recovery rolls soon. Yeah. Those can happen here. You still have your being. Yes. You try to punch a pathway through the silence and it is reflected back at you. It doesn't hit you. Had you rolled a one, it would have. Yes. But it reflects back at you and you're able to essentially dodge Mm -hmm. out of the way before it lands square within the center of your voice. But the silence is not easily permeated. All right. Well, that did not go the way I wanted it to. Would you like to continue in? Before we do that, I would like to... <laughs> we want to hit some recovery let rolls? Let us perhaps prepare ourselves as best we can. Fair enough. So your recovery rolls will be reset at this point, so okay. you have back to one action. Awesome. So you can take the action one if you'd like to now. I would love to. I'm saving mine because I'm actually okay. I got six back. As did I. I would like to try something while they're um, resting a bit. Sure. What happens if I try to phase? Ah. Ooh. What are you trying to phase through? That's a very good question. Uh, 
The sound representative of the surface upon which we are traveling. You attempt to phase. It's hard without having a physical body. It's a very corporeal process. Mm -hmm. Your sound becomes an undertone. You're able to meld and pass through other sounds in a way you don't think you would be able to when you aren't phasing. It's not quite the same. It's not quite to the extent of being able to pass through a solid object, but it's similar. You're able to mesh, essentially. So it's almost like I become like an effect on the sound to travel through it. Yes. Not a modulation. A filter. Yeah, a filter. That's kind of it. Yeah. Ah. Absolutely. That's a good way to describe that. Love it. Take a moment to steal yourselves. You see Jory, hear Jory, kind of mesh, meld, affect the sounds around you. It's a little strange. She actually kind of goes through the two of you. Mm. So like, Nehemiah get like, get like a, a, a crunchy pedal on on your, your string instrument. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And Smallrin, uh, you get a really mad reverb. Mm-hmm. I kind of pop back. That's just me doing my imitation of you, just so you know. <laughs> While I was inside of your sound. Hmm. Hmm. It's mostly like me putting up bunny ears behind you. Oh, okay. Okay. All right. All right. You all take a step forward and push through the strange staticky, white noise, dead zone barrier that's in front of you. And it is uncomfy. You hear something, kind of in the distance, a tone, but you feel that that tone really has something to it. If you could just keep pushing forward, you might be able to hear whatever information it has. But this is so uncomfortable. You're going to need to make some rules. Yes, Jory? Thank you. I appreciate you uh, calling on me as I raise my hand. I would like. I am a teacher. <laughs> I would like to use environmental adaptation. What normally would be happening here is I need everybody to make a level five intellect roll. If you want to continue on to find whatever information is at the center of this graveyard, you will need to make three of these, withstand three rounds of them. If you fail the roll, you take two points of intellect damage, ignoring armor. Mm. With environmental adaptation, I will let your armor apply. Oh, cool. Okay. Um, that sounds good to me. That's two intelligence, so go down two on that then. So I'm going to have everybody make a level five intellect roll. Is this an intellect defense roll? It is an intellect defense roll. I am trained in that. As am I. Is there anything along danger sense of navigation, detecting falsehoods and illusions, anything like that that could... Mm. Assist with this. Um, it's fine if not. I'll give you. I'll give you danger sense. Okay. Success with a thirteen. Wonderful. Oof. Failure was a seven. Okay. Success with an eighteen. Plus two damage. <laughs> <laughs> Jory and Nehemiah, it's not the best thing you've ever felt, but you can push through. Smallren, wow. This hurts. You are so used to being quiet, and this is the wrong kind of quiet. It is an absolute wrong kind of quiet, and you take two intellect damage. Would you like to push on? Yes. Okay, everyone make that same roll again. I'm just going to spend for the point of effort. Okay. Failure with an 11. Ooh, failure with a 4. Ouch. Uh, Success with a 17 plus 1 damage. (laughs) 
Jory, maybe it's your adaptation, but this is going well. It, again, not the best thing you've ever felt, but it's okay. Nehemiah, it is getting to be a little bit too much for you. You take two intellect damage, and smaller and you do too. It's still just not quite right in your mind. Last roll. Once more with feeling. All right. Failure with an eight. Failure with a four. Fail with a seven. Fails across the board. All three of you are not doing so well trying to push to the center of this graveyard. Everyone takes two intellect damage except Jory. I let your armor apply and I believe you have one. Correct. So you only take one. You make it to the center and what you hear is a pure tone. Just a constant hum. If you were to see it graphed, it would be a perfect sine wave. Nothing wavering or moving or even discernible about it. And I need two people to roll me a d100. <gasps> Any two. I will. I'd love to. I'll do it. 69. Nice. For Bridget. Nice. And 40 for me. Okay. I didn't mean to call out your role. I just saw it first <laughs> and thought it was mine. And yeah, so Totally it's cool. It's all good. Sorry. I'm going to go with them in the order I see them on the roll. So a 40. Mm. One of these is for the nature of the cache of information that's here. The other is for the tenor, the tone of what's happening. The tenor, the aural character of this particular graveyard is neutral and unchanging. Even as you listen closely, that pure tone doesn't change a bit. Constant hum, straightforward. But you realize the information that is encoded within it. There are four spikes of encoded cognizance within this tone. It takes a moment to realize that they're there, but they each provide training in one non-combat skill that will last a week. Oh, neat. <laughs> and you're able to collect the pieces of this pure tone. They don't have to be used now. In the same way that you were able to purchase bits and pieces of information and helpful things back in the market, you are able to keep these sounds with you and then add them into your own sound semi-permanently. Hmm. And it doesn't matter what skill, as long as it's non-combat. So it couldn't be in any sort of defense or attack. Mm-hmm. Or in anything like a certain kind of weapon, but it could be anything social. Would it have to be something we already have, or could this be a new skill? No. Okay. It provides skill in anything, training in anything, as long as it's non-combat, that lasts a week. So you have four of those. Wow. And as soon as you are able to collect those up, the pure tone that was kind of keeping you stable in the center here disperses, and that encroaching, heavy, pressurized dead zone white noise starts to envelop you and you are shunted out of the graveyard. (laughs) (sighs) Don't want to do that again right now. All right, everybody all right? I could use a rest. I could as well, finally. Yeah, how about about 10 minutes? Yes, I think that would be (laughs) wonderful. Just clarification, was that four altogether or four for each of us? Four altogether. That's what I thought. Okay, just want to check. Another six for me. You each recover a bit to your pools. And as you're kind of just staying still, resting, you feel your sound lessen. But you realize that as you kind of grow close together, the three of your personal voices meld together 
a little bit as you're in this resting mode, to the point where you almost can't tell the difference between the three of you. You still have your own sense of self. It's not like you are one being. But the sounds, if we're approached by an outsider, might not be able to tell if it was one being or three. That's actually really sweet. (laughs) This is how rest works here. You can't turn off your sound, but you can lower it down. And as the volume is turned down, they tend to mesh a little more easily. It's also safer. I like to think it's just because we're friends. (laughs) (laughs) That works in sync. You rest for a little while. Get yourself back up into correct sounding order. Where are you headed? Shall we to symphony? I bet there's lots of bars there. (laughs) My God. It took me a second. How long have you been sitting on that? (laughs) (sighs) Not very long. All the wizards have staffs. (laughs) Every time you pay your tab in one of those bars, you got to give your signature. There's lots of cows eating grass. Nobody? And lots of good I, boys I, doing yes, fine. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, there it thank is. Okay, I, I, I was going through, okay, wait, which one is it? <laughs> you want to know something fun? Hmm. I'm here running a game that is so heavily <laughs> dependent on sound, and I have the musical capabilities of a rock. <laughs> Those those sentences meant nothing to me. Uh, we'll, we'll explain when you're older. <laughs> oh, thank you. Thank you. Oh, man. So in the bars and symphony, the mixologists yeah. are actually called mixolydians. That's a joke for somebody else to get, probably. That wasn't me. It wasn't me either. Right of <sighs> Hey, if you are that listener... Get at us. Let us know. We got a great Discord. You got Rin's joke. That's today's Easter egg. You've rested up. You pull out your map and hone in on the gorgeously sweet melody that is coming from the hub that seems to be symphony in this lullaby. And you start drawing yourselves towards it. And you hear louder and louder this very finely crafted orchestral movement not a single thing is out of place and as you listen to the voices that you think you hear the different sounds and additions to this amazing masterpiece you get the feeling that this score is being created by several hundred thousand intelligent sounds all collected in this one place And as you approach and that sound gets louder, you feel yourselves being drawn into it and becoming a part of it. Whee! Excellent. It's so cool. (laughs) Uh, Welcome to the tumult. You have been sitting on this for literal years. Accurate. Two. (laughs) No, two and a half. Two and a half. Thank you so much for listening to episode 58 of Imprinted Echoes. As always, if you'd like to follow the podcast on social media, you can find us on Twitter and Facebook at Imprinted Echoes and our website, imprintedechoes.com. On that website, you'll find links to the Ghostlight Media merch store, as well as our Patreon, if you're able to help us out monetarily. And on that note, I would love to thank Kyle, 
Joel, and Ice Brewing for their continued support. If you'd like to help us out in other ways, take a moment to subscribe to the podcast, leave us a rating and review, and tell a friend about the show. All three things continue to go a long way in helping us out. You can also find our hosts on Twitter. Myself at Covered and Sawdust, Chase at TQ Loudly, Rin at Rin underscore Moran, and Bridget at Really Bridget. And our network, Ghostlight Media at GLM Pods. Thanks once again for listening, and I hope you'll be back in two weeks to hear yet another episode of Imprinted Echoes. And until then, may your ciphers never malfunction. Imprinted Echoes is produced by Zan Campbell-Johannes and Chase Greenley, and is edited by Alex Berkowitz. Original show theme music is by Justin Longacre. This has been a Ghost Light Media production.